0: What happens to fundraising during recessions and other economic downturns? And what can we do as fundraisers? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school. And most importantly, I hope you're staying safe, hope you're staying healthy. Uh, we know many of you still need to go to work as you're doing your very important first responder type service through the philanthropic sector. We're very grateful for that. And as you do so, uh, we're confident that you're doing all you can to practice social distancing. And when you need to be present with others, Physical distancing, as I'm trying to do today with our guest, Dr. Patrick Rooney, uh, who is with us again on the first day from the Fundraising School podcast. Patrick is well known for his research nationally and around the world about what happens to fundraising during recessions. And the news isn't good. I mean, we just can't sugarcoat this. Right. We need to hope for the best, but pre- prepare for the worst. Patrick, what do we know?
1: Yeah. So, and Bill, this is not to say that the recession, the recession has already begun, right. the coronavirus recession has already begun, but I think when you look at such a huge exogenous shock and so much wealth being sucked out of the stock market so quickly, um, I think most scholars are going to agree that this month was when, you know, what will be the coronavirus recession uh, will have been date stamped, right? And Ooh. so, it's not our job, we're, we're not authorized to make that proclamation, right. so... But I'm going to, if our you know, if I was setting a big wager, that's the wager I would set. Today. And if I could
0: just interject quickly, yeah. you know, the university, we love definitions. A recession is three straight economic quarters of negative territory. So yeah. if we use the term recession, that has a very specific meaning. Right. But we can just talk about economic downturns, Absolutely. even if we don't hit that definition.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, when we think about, you know, this adversity hitting, so what we have done in Giving GivingUSA is we've looked at, uh, data from you know a long data series uh, we have sixty four years of data that we can say what is what's the growth rates and contractions look like uh, in the economic sector and how does that impact total giving just to keep it simple and recognizing that charitable bequests really don 't move much with changes in the business cycle but mm. um, now. It's probably a good thing that people are not timing their deaths with changes in the business cycle. Um, You know, psychologically, that's probably a good thing. But what we see empirically is those are pretty isolated. But if you look at just total giving um, as the as the best proxy for this, uh, what we see is that on for the last sixty four years, giving has grown in inflation adjusted dollars on average about three point three percent per year. Okay. So, which is great, but if you parse out the data and you say, all right, what has happened in non-recessionary years? Then it's grown by 4.7%. Wow. Pretty remarkable difference. That difference is even more remarkable when you take out, um, if you compare recessions, uh, so 4.7% positive growth, almost 5% in non-recessionary years. In recessionary years, it falls on average of 0.5% per year. So a decline of just over half, about half a point. Now, if you take out the Great Recession, those other recessionary years are essentially flat. Okay. That they, they don't have an impact on giving. So giving doesn't go up, doesn't go down. It's effectively zero. Uh, so it's not good, uh, especially compared to growth years. But it's not, you know, not the negative. Uh, so
0: giving doesn't crater; it just doesn't go up.
1: Yeah. In, in most typical recessions. Yeah. Now the the exception to that is the Great Recession. Right. And what we see in that is a 4.2% decline per year from 2007, 2008, and 2009, or about a 15.5% decline overall during the Great Recession. So uh, wildly different phenomenon, but we see that there were some similarities in terms of the stock market crash and some things like that. So it's not to say that's what's going to happen now at all. It's far too early to forecast that or try to understand that at all. But If we have something that uh, slows the economy in such a way uh, that the Great Recession did, then we might be concerned about that. I think it's important to point out that the Great Recession was caused by endogenous variables. Meaning what? So, within the economy, you know, so speculation, bubbles, Um, appraisers over-appraising house values, loaners uh, Mm over-loaning for secondary loans and first loans and so on.
0: So, internal economic behavior.
1: Internal economic behavior that um, has been hopefully fought against, regulated against, and what have you, uh, so that it won't happen again. But this coronavirus recession or downturn, whatever Mm -hmm. it turns out to be, is more like the OPEC oil embargo. So it's a pure exogenous shock. It mm-hmm. happened. Something happened outside of our inherent national economy, and jolted us. And at that point, that was the worst recession since the Great Depression—the OPEC oil embargo—and um, that was very, you know, that was a long-lasting period. Where, you know, it was tough to adjust to, and uh, like the Great Recession, uh, you know, it lasted fairly long. Now, our economy today. Was in in many ways great shape, right? Unemployment was at historic lows. The economy was booming, you know, firing on all cylinders, as they say. And so, one hypothesis, and, and I'll say a hope and a prayer, perhaps, is that uh, when we find uh, a way of curtailing and vaccinating, and if not curing, uh, you know, COVID nineteen, then. Uh, hopefully the economy could snap back relatively quickly because there was not this inherent underlying uh, structural problem. Right, Things were going well, uh, eliminate this problem, hopefully they Snap back and, and, and the economy recovers further quickly.
0: Patrick, we've been focusing primarily on individuals. And of course, as we all know from Giving USA, uh, most charitable giving comes from individual donors. The most recent Giving USA statistics 68% coming from individual donors. But we also have foundations and right. we also have the business sector. Let's focus first on foundations. Right. We have been saying the last few years giving from foundations was robust because they have their money in the stock market. And the stock market had this tremendous gain uh, since 2009. So foundations, by law, had more money they had to give away. What do we learn from recessions and economic downturns that we might be able to apply today?
1: Yeah. So um, good news, bad news. So Mm -hmm. uh, some foundations are entirely invested in the stock market. Some are invested more adversely. Foundations also. Some of them pay out based on five percent of last year's um, market valuation. Mm-hmm. Um, some use a two, three, four, five-year right. moving average. So one of the things that happens is that that moving average will attenuate the hit that foundation grant making will take. So if they lose half of their market value, just to pick a number, um, they're going to have fewer assets to draw from. So five percent of a of half of X is less than X, right? So. But if they're doing a you know, three- or four- or five-year moving average, they're going to be taking 5% of Y last year, which was a high number, 5% of Z two years ago, which was a high number. And so that will slow the decline and spread it out over more years. The bad news is it does spread out over more years. Um, but still, this will have kind of a longer lasting effect. Foundations will still be paying out grants. That's you know the great news is they're required by law to pay that out. So there's not a judgment as to, whether or not they're making gifts. The judgment is how much and where. Now, I will say that 5% is also not a maximum. It is a legal minimum. Foundations are free to pay out more than that. Right. And I've done 10,000s of Monte Carlo experiments that shows that they could, in fact, pay out more than 5% and still not go broke. You know, so if they wanted to lean in during this downturn, um, however we frame it, they could do so. And some are showing some uh, proclivities to do that. Gates uh, and Zuckerberg uh, Initiative are already showing the way of trying to lead in help with with this research.
0: And then the business sector. Interestingly, the philanthropy outlook study produced by our school, which came out right before all this novel coronavirus (laughs) hit the United States in a big way, was already predicting relatively flat giving from the business sector even when we thought the economy was robust and strong and continuing to grow obviously you see Mike don't need 3 degrees in economics like my good friend and colleague Dr. Patrick Rooney to think business giving is likely going to take a hit as the business sector really struggles during this virus
1: yeah so bill the 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 three biggest predictors of corporate giving corporate profits mm. and you know corporate profits revolve around activity it's a very transactional game, right? And if there, if people are not going out, now this is going to be a big boom for online shopping, right? Right. And curbside deliveries and uh, Uber Eats and all those kinds of things. Yeah. You know, wish I had created those, right? That said, um, the second biggest predictor is, besides corporate profits, is GDP. Mm-hmm. So by definition, you know, recession is a decline in GDP, a sustained decline in GDP. Um, uh, so, if that is uh, you know that does not augur well for corporate giving, and and then uh, the corporate tax rate, well that came down dramatically. Now corporations give for a lot of different reasons, and part of it's altruistic, part of it is could be in their marketing budget, truthfully, and uh, part of it could be you know giving back, paying it forward, however you want to frame that, and part of it is helping build. A, a lot of times, helping build a labor supply in their local community or nationally, and so you may see corporations reaching out and trying to do these things.
0: And even when we hear the news about, um, you know, the Fed lowering the key lending rate close to zero, and 1.5 trillion dollars being sent out to the business sector, or the federal government, the Congress, and the President agreeing on you know more dollars being put out into the economy. You didn't mention any of those things. Uh, even then, businesses are still dependent on these other areas. And since we don't have baseball right now, right. you gave us three things. And I'm just going to say strike one, strike two, strike three right. in, in the items that you mentioned. So again, we just want to be real, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. As we sum up, what advice do you have for fundraisers based on your previous research on the economy and charitable gain?
1: Yeah. So, I just want to make one more economic comment, because um, so you mentioned uh, the Federal Reserve cutting interest rates. Um, So, uh, a lot of people are adherents to John Maynard Keynes, and others are mortal enemies. But one of the things that Keynes said um, that I think economists of all stripes would agree with is that the Federal Reserve cutting interest rates at some point is like pushing on a string. Mm -hmm. And I think in this environment, where you have people who are losing their likely, their livelihoods, the likelihood that cutting interest rates uh, dramatically having a material effect is pretty small because the only people that will have an impact on is people who still can buy a new house or a new car and still want to in the current environment and I think that's going to asymptotically approach zero until the dust settles. Um, so back to so that is to put in a plug for fiscal policy, I think the federal government and all branches of government need to stimulate the economy for workers, low-income households, and so on.
0: Well, a quick empirical data point, the day after the Fed cut the rate near zero, the market the next day lost 3,000 points. So. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and so, this happened twice now. They cut the rates twice, and both times the market has plunged the next day. Right. Saying, this is too little too, you know, and, and now the problem is, you know, with interest rates being near zero, what arrows they have left in their quiver, I, nothing. So what can we do as fundraisers? Yeah. sorry Bill, no, I, it's okay. but I just wanted to, since we're doing a deeper dive Pardon in the economy here. Um, so I think you know, for, funders, uh, for fundraisers, I think the focus needs to be on uh, regular communication with their constituents, helping where they can, um, and building their online platforms, communicating with their donors and prospective donors, uh, having those Zoom meetings, or Skype calls, or whatever they can with their uh, planned gift donors, with their major gift donors, and maybe kind of town, town hall type meetings with other donors and groups of donors, just like we've seen in the you know, presidential debates where you know, people can fire in questions. Now, social distancing, you know, let's keep it just strictly online for those things, right? Let's not right. get a bunch of people in the room with a charity and ask questions that can be arranged and facilitated by technology. But I think the other thing is being respectful of people's economic circumstances. You know, This is not a time to be pushing hard, it's time to ask. You know, We know tautologically, if, if you don't ask, households generally don't give. But we also want to be respectful that um, how we ask, when we ask, how firmly we ask, uh, needs to be conscious of the current environment.
0: Start where you are with what you have and who you know. Do the best you can. We know when the Great Recession hit, fewer households donated, but a significant number of households still donated, albeit at a lower number. You can take hope in that as you stay in touch with your donors. And of course, we invite you to stay in touch with the fundraising school. Our website is philanthropy.iupui.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Follow us on Facebook, we'll continue to have resources. We're putting out free webinars on a weekly basis that are interactive, gives you a chance to ask questions directly, to share information, to commiserate, worry, and stress a little bit. Uh, We wanna be there for you as your career long colleague. And again, a great way to start is our website, philanthropy.iupui.edu. With Dr. Patrick Rooney, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school.